Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger, and I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart, and Then Go Save the World. My book is all about helping people love and be loved more than ever. I believe we all have a superhero of love inside of us. Yes, even you, superhero. And in this podcast, I talk to people who are all about helping us all tap into that superhero. May this episode make a difference for your heart. Let's get this party started. Superheroes, we are here today. This is the day before Mr. Rogers' birthday. And I just wrote an article for Thrive Global um, that was inspired by Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers has been on my mind and I had no idea that it was his birthday tomorrow. But I also synchronistically got our guest to come on the podcast today, this day before uh, Mr. Rogers' birthday. And his name is Gary St. Dennis. Welcome, Gary. Thank you, Bridget. Nice (laughs) to be here. And Gary, I called Gary one day in a fit of inspiration that I thought was sheer genius. I called him the Mr. Rogers of (laughs) of the business world. And Gary had to very kindly, because he is the chief kindness officer of the world. Gary had to very calmly correct me that I was not the person that had come up with that genius moniker that he has been called the Mr. Rogers of the business world for a very long time and for good reason. Gary co-founded 1-800-DENTIST many years ago with Fred Joyle and he has and they, I'll let, I'll let you, Gary, actually talk about your intentions with that company. But since 1-800-Dentist, he has led companies to their ultimate successes through adding kindness from that C-suite. I just want to acknowledge that Gary is a major superhero of love. And he also was a huge superhero of love who came to the Love Forward Talks and has been a major um, supporter and proponent of those Love Forward Talks, which we will have in the future. We will have more Love Forward Talks. (laughs) 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 But anyway, I just wanted to give you that proper introduction. There are many, many more things that we could say about Gary but he is a consummate businessman who leads with love and kindness. Thank you for being here because you are a true superhero of love. Well, thank you. And uh, before we get into that, I just want to uh, say how much you inspire me and how wonderful I think that you are, Bridget, and the work that you do wherever you go, whether it be on a walk with your dogs or to the grocery store (laughs) or to... uh, any place where you inhabit and your energy is just so positive. You always leave a space feeling uplifted more than when you found it. And I just love that about you. Okay. And it takes one to know one because that is exactly <laughs> precisely what I would say about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you- I'm, I'm so happy uh, that we get to play together because we are kindred spirits that way. And, you know, it's interesting to think about, I'm happy to talk about the 800 dentist experience and being uh, an entrepreneur and how Fred and I focused that. But I just um, wanted to say that in light of what's going on in the world right now with the coronavirus, and I really am starting to see a lot of silver linings in terms of business people stepping up and doing the right thing. And it's like, it's this amazing opening in the world uh, that, you know, the, uh, these 
corporate leaders are saying, we need to do, think about something other than profit. We need to take care of our people. We need to take care of the world. We have to really acknowledge that we're all related. And I'm hearing these CEOs saying this, and it's, I think it's really inspiring. It's so inspiring. And that is exactly the, the article that I wrote that was inspired by Mr. Rogers was about that. Did you see that beautiful poem that came from the, from the, the Catholic priest in Ireland? No. It was this incredible poem, which maybe I'll read at the end of the podcast because uh, I don't have it in front of me right now. But um, he was, he reminded me of you. Like he was, he was stepping into leadership with love and kindness for the world with this poem. And the Pope actually, speaking of Catholics, the Pope just had at one o'clock Pacific time today, had a world prayer calling everyone to, together to, to pray. But what they're all reminding me of also is this is kind of like the Mr. Rogers way of living, right? Where you go, because when you are leading a company, especially you have, you, you, you are starting these companies from, you are helping start these companies from scratch. And we all know that when we start a company, there is so much strife that happens, right? And so coming forward with love and kindness in the middle of strife and anxiety and fear, and are we going to make our, our payroll this month, et cetera, it, it takes something. It's, it's an emergency situation, just like the coronavirus, right? Yes. Absolutely. One other example that I think you'll really like, since we're doing this through the technology of Zoom, yesterday I saw uh, on CNBC, there was an interview with the CEO, founder of Zoom. And uh, in the background, he had a a globe of, of the world, but the globe was changed so that it was in the shape of a heart. And so all, all the countries were on this globe in the shape of a heart. And, it was, and then it said, we care about you. And I just thought that was really great that, you know, Zoom is just this amazing platform that's really connecting. Oh my God, I just got chills. And yeah, and didn't he, was he talking, I, didn't I read that he gave Zoom for free to students to use whenever they want to use it? There's something he about did. it. Yes, right? he, he offered it to any Uh, educational group that they could use Zoom for free to be able to stay connected and uh, not have an interruption in learning. Oh, I just got chills and I still have chills. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So um, uh, I love, I found this really great um, uh, quote from from Mr. Rogers that reminded me of the coronavirus. He said, in times of stress, the best thing we can do for each other is to listen with our ears and our hearts and to be assured that our questions are just as important as our answers. And it feels to me like you are a master of questions and answers. (laughs) Well, I I do like to ask questions uh, and to listen. And that is something that you and I have talked about a lot. And I think that is something that I really feel is important. And part of why I've been so successful is to be able to be a good listener. And I think that uh, to use your phraseology to borrow it, I think that listening really is a superpower. And there's, it's a really powerful tool. Yeah. So let's go back to to the um, 1-800-DENTIST story, story because it's such a beautiful story, what your intention was with that company. Can you tell us a little brief history on that and your intentions with that company? Yes. Uh, I um, That was back in the early 80s, 
And I was working at that time as a, a stockbroker for Merrill Lynch. And uh, my friend from college, Fred Joyle, was working as a copywriter uh, with an advertising agency. And both of us were totally disillusioned with the uh, what we were doing in terms of our careers and really wanted to do something that was much more focused on being a win-win kind of situation where there wasn't this basic conflict with both in the advertising industry and in the brokerage business. It was really companies that we were working for were not putting the interests of the client ahead of themselves. And so we really wanted to create a situation that was something that was would be good for uh, society at large, would be a service, uh, and uh, would be something that we could create this atmosphere where we supported each other in being totally positive and uh, taking care of each other and having it be a fun place for people to come to work. And also that it could be a place that we could create financial uh, security for our people and uh, make a contribution to uh, the our our workers' uh, financial well-being, and so that's that was our original tenants to be able to do that. And so we started off very small uh, with this crazy idea that people would call this one eight hundred number uh, to find a dentist, and uh, we came across this idea because there was a guy that we had this phone number 1-800-DENTIST and he was trying to franchise dental offices but was never able to get it off the ground. And so Fred and I said, well, what if we could create a cooperative advertising campaign and really do a screening of dentists and be able to then put it out there in the world that, hey, how do you find a good dentist? We have done all this work for you and we could help you find a good dentist and call us. And so we presented this idea in Los Angeles where we started and um, we went out to the dentist's office. And at that point, the technology was cassette tapes. And so we had this little cassette recorder and we had a one minute radio ad that we had put together encouraging people to call 1-800-DENTIST for the name of a good dentist in your area. And uh, Fred and I, it was over six months, we went to over 500 dental offices in Southern California, driving all around in the traffic and going into the dental offices and playing our little cassette tape and saying, what do you think about this? And uh, of those 500 offices, we got uh, over 482 rejections, but we got 18 doctors to say, okay, yeah, we'll come on and we'll try this with you. And so we were charging them a thousand dollars a month to be part of our cooperative advertising campaign and we wanted first and last month uh to come on board with us so we basically had um thirty six thousand dollars uh from these 18 doctors and so we bet it all on radio ads in one month in month of june 1986 we spent thirty six thousand dollars in radio ads and uh we had this little office of 300 square feet and four employees. We didn't even have desks. We had these phone, five phones on the floor and the advertising went off that day and we hoped and prayed that the phones would start ringing and they did. And so in the first day we got like 50 calls and it was like, oh my gosh, this really works. And so we were off and running and, uh, we continued to add more people to our team and 
create this exciting sort of offering. Oh my God, it's so exhilarating. <laughs> the story is so exhilarating. Yeah, and then flash forward to you know, uh, 20 years later, uh, we had this company that was doing over $50 million a year in revenue. And over the life of the business, we created over a billion dollars worth of revenues and uh, had 200 employees that had supported their families and had great incomes. And we had an atmosphere where we went, we grew from that little tiny space of 300 square feet to 30,000 square feet of office in LA in a big phone room. And we had uh, great benefits for our people. We would have a uh, massage for everybody. We, got, we had two massage therapists on staff so everyone could get weekly massages. And this is in the 80s. This, you know, these yeah, this days, is way pre-Google, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. People way do that all the time. But we were really sort of pioneers doing that. And we uh, allowed everyone who wanted to learn how to meditate that we would pay for them to learn how to meditate. And we would have these great parties at Halloween. We shut the whole office down for two days so people could prepare their section and have these themes. Like one was the New York subway. Another was like the CSI uh, TV show. And, you know, all these great sort of, themes where people would take their department and create these wonderful things. And it just created this bond and fun thing uh, that happened at our company. And what we gave in terms of those kinds of benefits to people came back multifold to us because these people then they knew that we were a family and that we were there for them and then they were there for us. And, you know, you can't really legislate uh, in terms of great employee like that or good behavior. But I think just by your actions and leading with a giving hand was something that really worked for us and uh, really propelled us to our success. So having this intention of creating a happy place to work, like that's not always the intention when people are setting out to start a business. It's a beautiful- That's right. It was a great thought experiment. And it was something that was exciting to us that, you know, the actual business of it was, you know, finding dentists and talking to dentists, you know, that was just secondary to creating this atmosphere. Yeah. It was something that was the thing that really gave Fred and I the juice. And then we got people to come and make the party bigger. And so there was more juice to go around. And so it was just a really fun experience. That oh, way. my God. Did you do TM yourself? I did. I uh, practiced TM. I went to this university called uh, MIU, Maharishi International University. In uh, the when I was in my uh, late uh, I was late teens, early twenties, and I was before that at a traditional business school back east uh, when I got out of high school and was not happy there at all. I just felt like it was a constrained kind of atmosphere, and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I thought at that point that I would take over my father's construction business, so that was the track that I was on. So I was going to business school. But it was not really working for me. And then at that university, that college, I saw a poster for, hey, do you want to learn to meditate? And it will bring you all this happiness and fulfillment in your life. And, and you'll sleep better <laughs> <laughs> and, and relax. And so I said, well, I'm going to go to this lecture. And so I went to this lecture and it resonated with me. So I learned meditation, transcendental meditation. Um, and the first time that I was initiated in meditation and had this experience, it was this beautiful kind of thing with this ceremony where you bring these um, 
pieces of fruit and a handkerchief and some flowers as an offering. Um, and you, this um, teacher, TM teacher does the Sanskrit ceremony. And then he gives you a mantra, a beautiful sound. And you sit in this chair and you say this mantra. And all of a sudden I had this experience where I reached subtler, subtler and subtler layers of thought and had this, these ways of bliss. And I just thought, this is something that I've been looking for my whole life. My whole life changed in that moment. Wow. Now, and when you offered meditation, did people take you up on it? Did people, and were you offering TM, I'm assuming? Yes, we were. And so we did. And so we ended up having a lot of people at the office that were meditators and a lot of people who were part of our uh, meditation TM community uh, from the university, and uh, they came to work for, with us. And so it was a great sort of extension of our college days with uh, this beautiful group of people. Oh, that's so cool. So do you feel like T? I feel like you must have come out of the womb with the love and kindness thing though happening. I was going to ask you the question I just interrupted of myself was if you feel like TM helped you lead with more love and kindness, but I feel like you just, this is your nature, just like Mr. Rogers popped out of the womb like that. I have to say. I think there's something to that. I, I think that, uh, TM was something that really reinforced that and, uh, to be, uh, surrounded by other people who believe that way was a huge reinforcement. But I have to give a lot of credit to the family that I grew up in. And my mom and dad were always people who led with their heart. And so that was the way that our family worked. And in our household, it was just a beautiful place. And all our friends uh, in high school always wanted to come to our house because uh, my parents were so wonderful and my mom being this great Italian mom always wanted to feed them and she made it really comfortable for them to be there. And I was like, please come over. What, what can uh -oh. I make for you to eat? And uh, my friends always raved about being in, around my parents. And I just feel so blessed to have been in that family that really was able to nurture that basic nature that I had about um, that. Uh, love is the most important uh, currency in the world. Love is the most important currency. Yeah, I know. And I know one of your sisters, Linda, who is, she also leads with, absolutely with love and kindness. I love her. She has a giant heart too. You guys are like walking hearts around yeah. the world. Yeah, she's wonderful. And, and I never see any, either of you ruffle, even, you know, no matter what the circumstance like you stick with the love and kindness, like it is your guiding light. It is the light inside of you. So it doesn't like, I am still, I've talked about um, in that article I was talking about, like I still have training wheels on. Right. And I feel like I'm going to have training wheels on until I die. Like I didn't pop out. With <laughs> the love and kindness. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think that you're, short changing yourself. I think that you are amazing beacon of love and kindness. And well, I know that you've worked at it. And so yeah, yeah. I admire that because it, it wasn't something that you were fortunate enough as I was to grow up in that sort of uh, supportive environment. So I admire that you have made it happen for yourself. Thank you. Thank you. So 
uh, speaking of that, because we're really, we're talking about parenting now. So, and uh, you have two amazing kids that I adore. Talk to me about how you bring love and kindness into, into parenting. And I have to, I was looking at, I was just looking at a bunch of Mr. Rogers quotes because I got so excited about it being his birthday too. I love this quote. Parents are like shuttles on a loom. They join the threads of the past with threads of the future and leave their own bright patterns as they go. Oh, that is so beautiful. That is so you and Joni. Joni is his wife. (laughs) Yeah, and I think um, Joni also was fortunate to grow up in a really loving family with two beautiful, loving parents. And I think that was part of the attraction, a huge part of the attraction of why we got together, because we both really uh, resonated with each other's families. And uh, Joni's mom passed away, but her dad is uh, in town. We He lives in Santa Barbara now. He uh, Next month, he's going to be 99 years old. <laughs> and he is somebody, he, we call him the man of steel. He still is out there and he golfs a couple of times a week. And he never misses a joke. And he is just this charismatic, wonderful man. And uh, so fortunate to have him in our life. And, uh, you know, Joni has great siblings as well. And uh, we both have uh, are huge members of Joni's sister, Anne's fan club. And uh, Annie Fanny, as you call Annie her. Annie Fanny, who's been, who was one of my first guests on this podcast, Annie Fanny, <laughs> also known as Dr. Anne Clothier. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, she is another one that is a real beacon of love. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. She is. She's always, she, she's always saying, there's love everywhere. And there's always an opportunity to love. You know, she always has these one-liners that just pop out of her about love. Just It's true. It's true. And I think that back to your question of parenting, that, you know, the fact that both Joni and I grew up with parents that were really loving, and it made it easy for us to then model that behavior to our children and to for them to be able to carry on the tradition and to have experience, not just from us, but from their grandparents as well. So they know that is part of their legacy. Yeah. And I love that they love to, first of all, I would never, you know, you would never guess Stan's age ever. Um, He doesn't act like he's about to turn 99, but uh, I love that they both love spending time with him too, right? They love because he's so fun and fun loving. What would be your number one tip for parents to lead with love and kindness with your kids? Is there any it's going to sound redundant because it's really about asking questions and listening. I think that um, everybody needs to feel like they are being heard and listened to and to rather not than to be telling them, this is the way that I think you should go with your life to ask them questions and really listen to what they think that they want to do with their lives and uh, supporting that and respecting it. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful tip. Okay, and now how about marriage? Because you guys have this incredibly long, healthy, like I would never, if I, like when I met you, I knew that you had 
grown kids, right? So I knew how old your kids were. So I just, so I knew that you must have been married for a long time. But I think that if I didn't, hadn't had the information, like if I just met you at a restaurant or something and you were sitting at the table next to me, I would never guess that you guys had been married as long as you are. Like you keep it so sparkly and fresh. So how do you do that? Well, uh, thank you for that. It's, uh, it's 32 years that we've been married. Wow. And um, I feel like I married my best friend. And oh. we, uh, there's this uh, support and kindness and uh, ability to be there for each other. And that is so comforting to both of us. And we really count on each other a lot. And so mm -hmm. it's, I feel very fortunate to have such a great wife. Joan oh, is an amazing person and she's not only kind but she's smart and she's creative and she's funny she makes me laugh every day it's, it's a great thing she is hilarious so I want to I want to swing back around to the uh, the world that we're living in right now the coronavirus issue and I think this is one of one of most many people's favorite quotes from uh, mr. Rogers is when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. And you started out by telling us that you're seeing how companies and um, organizations are reaching out to help. Just if you could run the world right now, which I wish you could, <laughs> um, <laughs> what would be... What would be some tips? So what would be, I would love to just hear your tips for, I mean, you guys are quarantined too, right? Like dealing, dealing with the world. So tell, tell us, tell us how, tell us first, how is quarantining going for you guys? Well, uh, we are fortunate enough to be quarantined in this beautiful spot. <laughs> uh, on they, the, live, they live on the coast of Santa Barbara, literally on the coast, like adjacent to a cliff overlooking the ocean <laughs> that's right yeah very fortunate and so uh and in a great neighborhood and so even though we are quarantined we get out and go for walks in our neighborhood and maintain our six feet of distance but i've found that being more isolated and then going out and seeing other people who are also isolated the interactions that we're having have a richness because people are really just uh, appreciating them because rather than being in their house, it's like, oh, there's another human being <laughs> who's going through the same thing that I am. And to be able to connect with them, even though you're six feet away, it's sort of an interesting experience. And we're loving our neighborhood. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Gary St. Dennis' neighborhood. That's right. Um, yeah, no, it's like a great leveler. I was just thinking about this yesterday, how you're never in a, you never feel like everybody understands where you are. Like I remember vividly when my father died and I, a few hours later, it was 5 a.m. that I found out. And like at 9 a.m. roughly, I had to get in the car and go somewhere and I remember pulling out of my driveway and seeing the neighbor was mowing the lawn. And I was like, how can you be mowing the lawn? My father died. You know, like, like yeah, you know, right. 
I knew that that was an irrational thought, but I was just the, really the thought was how does the world continue to be when there is this emergency going on, when there's this, this level of pain going on. And so it's like this amazing leveler that we're all in this pain slash fear slash uncomfortableness, you know, together, like we're all, has it ever been a time like this where we're all, I guess after an earthquake, that's another one, right? Yes. And I remember, I'm sure you do too, of having similar kinds of feelings after 9-11. Right. Good point. Yes. Yes. Thing of like bumping up against each other's hearts. When we bump up against each other's hearts, we know the, we know a piece of the other person's heart. Like I know you, I hear you, I see you, I see your heart. Right. Yes. When I just said that I see you, that's what I feel like comes from you all the time. And when you, so let's, let's, let's veer it back to the world of your successes, the business world, the Mr. Rogers of the business world. I feel like you, I see you is who you are. Like I see you, the employee, I see who you are for this company. I see the company, I see the world, I see the company in the world. So let's talk about how you bring your Mr. Rogers self into the business world. So one of the great things that's happening for me these days is I've gotten older and I have 40 years of experience in the business world is to be able to offer to do some mentoring with some younger people. And so that's something that I'm really enjoying a lot these days is to be, there's this company in Santa Monica that Fred and I are doing some consulting with, and it's this great dynamic young company. And we are 30 years older than everyone else in the business there, but they appreciate who we are. And a part of what they appreciate is that we don't talk down to them, even though we've had this success and everything, but we just see who they are and appreciate their dynamism and their creativity and the skill sets that they have in terms of being technologically savvy and uh, acknowledge them for those things. Mm -hmm. And it's very exciting to be around all these people that have this energy and to be able to commend them on that. And then to be able to have them uh, feel comfortable to ask us questions about what we've learned and our experiences and how we would do things differently and what would we do in this situation. And that is something that is a really fun thing for me to do these days is to be mentoring younger people in business. And I hope you get to mentor more and more and more. And I wish you could mentor the president, please. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Indeed. Everybody in politics, maybe. If we yeah. could just everybody line up outside Gary's house and we'll have you have a little one-on-one mentoring session with Mr. Rogers of the business world. There you go. There you go. But I love that whole thing about I see you. I think that it's really those are powerful words. Yeah, that is who you you are to me. That is truly who you are to me. Um the listening and seeing and hearing um really uh, you know and you you um you remind me of my i have a really great vet um for my dogs and she when we walk in um we we always feel like lucy and tallulah are the most precious animals on the planet earth right (laughs) But she treats every single, you know, animal like that. And it's a really beautiful thing. And I feel like you 
do that too. Like anybody that's in front of you, they are the most special person in the planet, on the planet in front of you in that moment. And you see them for their greatness, which I think is what also our dear Mr. Rogers, happy birthday, Mr. Rogers did also, right? Like every child was loved for who they, exactly the way they were, right? He was so committed to exactly the way they were. Like, I don't feel like you're ever trying to change anybody, right? Like, that's why I was asking you about the parenting because most parents want to, you know, redirect with a harder hand, you know, like the way you are doesn't work for me, kid, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. And it feels to me like you guide with this very, I see you for who you are. I love you for who you are right now. And let's move forward in the most powerful way for you and me and the company in terms of yes yes i think that's really true and i think and some of this comes from my uh sort of experience in the uh spiritual world is really when i see you i see me (gasps) oh that's we're really all the same aren't we yes yes yeah yeah and um the spiritual world, we, we share a spiritual, I don't do TM, but we, sp- we share Master John Douglas. And I'm yes. going to give a shout out to Master John Douglas because this is going to post tonight. And this Saturday is a very special healing call for anybody that um, has been touched by COVID-19 in any way. And even those of us who've just been touched by it by being quarantined and have some fears or feelings or questions about it, he's doing a call this Saturday 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern time. If you go to masterangels.org forward slash live, forward slash live. And I'll post the link in these podcast notes as well. I feel like we all need our hearts gently held right now. And that's, don't you feel like that's what John does? He gently holds our hearts, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. And and you you have that in you too. Mr. Rogers of the business world, Gary St. Dennis. Well, thank you, Bridget. It's been a delight to chat with you. Thank you, Gary St. Dennis, for coming on to the Superhero of Love podcast. I've been wanting him to be on this podcast for so long. Isn't he a great soul? Truly the Mr. Rogers of the business world, for sure. Even if I didn't come up with that little moniker for it called Lockdown that I had um, included in a recent Thrive Global article. It's a piece from written by Father Richard Hendrick, and he um, it's a piece from Father Richard. <clears throat> it's a piece written by Father Richard Hendrick, who I understand is a Catholic priest in Ireland, and he wrote it on, or he's it. It appeared on the internet on March 13th, 2020, and the title is Lockdown, which is kind of appropriately timed because I just, um, seconds before sitting down to record this little um, coda to this podcast, uh, found out that we are on lockdown in California, (laughs) that Governor Newsom has just um, declared us uh, in homebound lockdown quarantine so it's it's quite appropriate that I'm reading this lockdown at this moment. So here we go. From, again, Father Richard Hendrick. 
Yes, there is fear. Yes, there is isolation. Yes, there is panic buying. Yes, there is sickness. Yes, there is even death. But they say that in Wuhan, after so many years of noise, you can hear the birds again. They say that after just a few weeks of quiet, the sky is no longer thick with fumes, but blue and gray and clear. They say that in the streets of Assisi, people are singing to each other across the empty squares, keeping their windows open so that those who are alone may hear the sounds of family around them. They say that a hotel in the west of Ireland is offering free meals and delivery to this housebound. Today, a young woman I know is busy spreading flyers with her number through the neighborhood so that the elders may have someone to call on. Today, churches, synagogues, mosques, and temples are preparing to welcome and shelter the homeless, the sick, the weary. All over the world, people are slowing down and reflecting. All over the world, people are looking at their neighbors in a new way. All over the world, people are waking up to a new reality, to how big we really are, to how little control we really have, to what really matters, to love. So we pray and we remember that yes, there is fear, but there does not have to be hate. Yes, there is isolation, but there does not have to be loneliness. Yes, there is panic buying, but there does not have to be meanness. Yes, there is sickness, but there does not have to be disease of the soul. Yes, there is even death, but there can always be a rebirth of love. Wake to the choices you make as to how to live now. Today, breathe. Listen behind the factory noises of your panic. The birds are singing again. The sky is clearing. Spring is coming. And we are always encompassed by love. Open the windows of your soul. And they, though you may not be able to touch across the empty square, sing. That was Lockdown by Father Richard Hendrick. And this on the very first day of spring and the day before Mr. Rogers' birthday. We need more Mr. Rogers like Gary St. Dennis in the world. Thanks for coming, Superhero. Thanks for um, listening to the podcast all the way to this moment in time. And if you like this podcast, please go rate and review it. Tell your friends about it. Share it. The more superheroes of love we have in the fold, the better, right? What a good time to share this podcast. And if you haven't haven't read my book yet, please go get it, Superhero of Love. It's available on Amazon at a really good price, spring price. Um, And uh, thanks for coming. Have a good one.